Welcome to the Strength Rehab Podcast. Join your hosts, Raul Axmayer and Brandon Parker, as they discuss the latest information regarding the health and fitness industries. Topics include sports performance, physical rehab, and of course, general health. Remember, this is the podcast where science meets practice. It is the end of the week where we are done talking about common injuries and complaints that office workers probably encounter on a regular basis, right? And just to kind of recap it all, you have the typical desk worker complaining about carpal tunnel, neck problems, tight shoulders, lower back pain, so on and so forth. And one of the common things that most people blame it on is their posture, which you and I both know, Raul, is it's almost like a trigger topic because it's just like, why are you blaming the one thing that it's probably not, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like... It's not one thing, I guess. Not as important, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there's and a lot it, of overarching things. Yeah. It's never due to one thing, you know? Like people say, because it's easy to see something that's not quote-unquote normal mm-hmm. and to blame pain for that. So when somebody has like rounded shoulders or forward head posture, it's easy to say that their neck pain is due to their forward head posture. Um, I think that's where people kind of get the idea. Because if you see the literature, there's literally hundreds and hundreds of papers showing that the relationship between posture alone and pain, it, it's poor. It's very, very poor. Mm-hmm. It's like the post hoc, right? You basically say you're in pain. And I also noticed XYZ here. It must be XYZ. And it's always the goddamn posture. And I, you know, the one paper that I really liked is the fact that it's just like, are they in pain? Uh, because of the posture or is the posture the reflection of the fact they're in the pain right or or the whole like confidence right like confident people typically the hold themselves and they better quote-unquote posture versus people that are more recluse or more um introverted yeah and if you asked me one or two years ago i would go like very hard saying that posture does doesn't matter like never but i can get away with the idea that it can definitely be a contributing factor Mm-hmm. especially if it's a prolonged posture yeah i like that i like that idea a lot because you know i was in the same boat as you which is basically because we were so inundated with chiropractic school where everyone was blaming posture it almost made you feel repulsed at the idea that posture can actually be a factor you know because you didn't want to give any credit to what you were learning so i i was definitely in the same boat as you and it just makes a lot of sense is you know it's very common if you go on a eight hour car ride you're gonna experience some aches and pains maybe in that lateral knee and that lower back you're in the same posture for eight hours it's like putting on a cast right you know so it's just like to say that it has no influence now you're just sitting in a camp that you shouldn't be in to begin with and you should give it at least a little bit of credit but you know i guess where a difference is like you know what do we do and when we're talking to a patient do we say oh get into a different posture i don't think so yeah. So how do you handle those conversations where, for example, I get a lot of patients every single week that even without me asking, they go like, oh, I know I have poor posture and I got to fix it if I want to get out of pain. Um, and it's a tough conversation to handle sometimes, especially if it's like patients that have gone to Kairos for their whole life. So how do you personally handle that? And I know it depends between patients, but... Yeah. That's, that's a 100% great point. You know, it's it, you always got to know your audience and that comes across the board when it comes to anything, right? If you're sitting with a person that's 60 years old, been going to the chiropractor their whole life and you're working underneath a doctor that's been preaching posture, 
you do not touch that topic with a 10 foot pole, you nod your head and you continue to give them treatment, maybe, you know, validate, well, you should validate their pain, but maybe not validate directly why they think they're in pain. You know, you kind of direct the conversation towards something that they could improve that you think might have higher credence. Right. Um, But if I have a, if I have somebody that comes in and they've never been to a chiropractor before, and then I, you know, the prototypical, like, Oh, I know my posture is real bad. I'm attacking it head on. And it's not like basically like, fuck you. I don't, you know, it's more so just, (laughs) you just ask them why. And you keep saying why and why and why. And then it just, at the end of the day, I always kind of bring it back to the point of just like, what do you feel better when you move nine times out of a 10, they're going to say yes. And then I just leave it to that. Like, Hey, maybe your body's telling you something. And I leave it at that because I'm working in a, a practice that's still posture driven. And you can't step on many toes. So you kind of have to tote that line. Yeah. Something that I learned to do was to kind of ignore the quote unquote poor posture conversation, but just tell them what they can do to feel better. Uh, Like, for example, I'm like, okay, like maybe that posture is uncomfortable once you're sitting 15 minutes. So why don't you try to take just a one to three minute break every 45 minutes and see how it goes? Uh, just do some active stretches, stand up, change postures. And you you don't got to attack them and tell them like, oh, posture, poor posture doesn't cause pain. But you can give them just tips. They can figure it out on their own. Mm-hmm. I, I can't stand the idea of like, oh, you've been in a car for eight hours. You shouldn't have low back pain. That must have been your posture. So what are we going to do? We're going to roll up a towel and put it at your lower back. You know what? I've tried that before and it naturally just made me feel like worse. <laughs> That's so <laughs> stupid. It is very stupid. I just don't understand. I guess the whole idea is just like, well, your lumbar spine has a lordotic curve. So why don't we just put a roll there to reinforce the curve that let's say, let's say it's been stuck in that position for the last eight hours. Why enforcing that position? Why would it help it in any means? And if you think about it, biomechanically, if you maintain that lordosis in the lumbar spine you you're putting more stress into the area into the lower back rather than if you just slouch you mm-hmm. slouch a little bit you're gonna feel more relaxed and it's kind of good as well for your discs so i just you know and that like and then you got the whole industry right i think that's another reason why posture is so uh, reinforced in our daily conversations, not only because yes, we're a chiropractic profession that's always going to be around, but like there's industries, multi-million dollar industries surrounding ergonomics, right? Proper ergonomics where you don't want to, they basically set you up in a quote unquote perfect position, but that quote unquote perfect position is still stationary in one spot. $1,000 shares for your desk, you know? Yo, yo. So I'm sitting. This is when I went up to boards, right? I, I spent the night at a, a, a classmate's house. And he first and foremost, he had cable. That blew my mind. I was like, I haven't seen cable in easily eight years. What is going on here? He's like, it came with the apartment. I was like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. But the reason why I was blown away by this is because with cable comes commercials. And there was a commercial for it was like the X something chair. And I'm staring at this chair. It has all the bells and whistles that a chair can have. I'm staring at it. I'm like, I got to see how much this is spent, how much it was. Just take a guess. Take a guess at how expensive this chair was. 500. Oh, dude, go up higher. 2K? Higher. That's what I'm saying, bro. $8,000. $8,000 and they try to sneakily say like only five, seven or five to eight payments of blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, dude, pull out a calculator and see how much you're spending 
on this $8, stupid $8,000. Exactly. Yep. Might as well hire a good rehab professional for a fraction <laughs> of that cost. <laughs> exactly. And, and just like there's industries behind it. So it's just like it's very hard to poke poke into the truth, I guess, because people are just going to be like, well, you know, it's kind of that that false logic, logic, right? Where they're like, well, if it didn't matter, why would all these things exist? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's, that's another issue, right? Yeah. So changing the topic from just sitting like desk worker students to posture at the gym. So my question to you would be, what's the relationship between poor form, quote unquote, poor form and injury? Yeah. For example, yeah. the deadlift, rounded spine. Yeah. Give it yes. simple. So, you know, if we're talking about Parker from a couple of years ago, I was always trying to make sure everyone was super perfect. But I never really thought about it in a injury sense. I was always like performance, 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 right? And I think that's why it was very easy for me to let go of the thought process of rounding my back during the deadlift because you see the world's top deadlifters do it, you know, because it makes sense biomechanically if you come back to yeah. it. You're shortening the moment arm, right? No, there's no kidding. Your body's always going to find the most efficient way to lift the weight. And that's why, like, in the bottom of a squat, when you can't get out of the hole, what does your body naturally do? Collapse the knees because yep. you're more biomechanically efficient, right? So I, I think that's the reason why I let go of, like, oh, don't run around your back. Um, I, I'm going to return back to this idea of I do like the idea of trying to have great form and does not shoot for the, the rounded back during the deadlift because we can utilize that as a a regulator or governor because if we're just shooting for the rounded spine you're already going to be accessing much larger weights which puts you already in a realm of much riskier behavior because we know when we're training at let's say 90 percent of our rm and you're not managing fatigue you're, you're most likely going to be at a, a higher risk for injury but yeah if we're talking about just form all over and injury, man, you you can look like the most god-awful person in any of the exercises. And if you're not asking me for help, I'm not going to say anything. Because I know yeah. as long as you maintain that god-awful form, even though you're not hitting the same muscle group or putting the right tension on the muscle, like if, if you're doing it every time, I know for I know for a fact, at least your body's going to adapt to it. I have like two personalities, my hypertrophy personality and my quote unquote rehab professional personality. Because when I'm at the gym, like obviously my goal is maximal hypertrophy. I want to be optimal. I like take form like very seriously. Uh, but if we're talking about pain, in reality, it doesn't matter much. With that being said, before we get um, strong in arguments, we're not saying to round your spine. We're just saying that it's literally humanly impossible to keep a 100% uh, flat back during a deadlift. Because the research shows, uh, don't quote me like exactly, but it's somewhere around 50 to 80%. Um, even when you think you have like a flat back, you're rounding your spine somewhere in between 50 to 80% of its max spinal flexion capacity. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a great point that you mentioned is there's two different ways you got to look at it. If somebody's just looking to add a couple years to their life, you know, for longevity's sake and just get active, as long as you're being somewhat logical with your weight jumps, uh, how you perform it is kind of not that important. But, you know, when you look at performance or better outcomes, that's where things need to be a little bit more dialed in. And, you know, for example, for me, 
Um, and that's, and also there's some intricacies, right? There's some variation between populations, you know? So the way I perform a, you know, like maybe a, a dumbbell bench press compared to how you do it uh, will be different because you and I probably feel different uh, tensions or the way we access our maximal tension may be slightly different. And different anatomy. Yeah, exactly. So Go different on. insertion points, so on and so forth. So, you know, that's why you got to find a blend and you got to have to like look in the mirror and be like, what am I trying to do here? If, you know, like if I'm just there to add some years to my life, get moving, you don't need to really get that stringent with your posture and form. But, you know, if you're trying to be ideal, that's when you kind of have to pull up some YouTube videos from, from some credible sources and see like, oh, so this is how I should perform a pec fly, so on and so forth. Yeah. 100% agreed. I I just, you know, all right. So, for example, it, it, there is commonalities with people that are on a desk work. They, they're probably going to get some neck pain. They're probably going to get some wrist pain. They're probably going to get some tight tightness somewhere, right? Um, but I guess first and foremost, why do you think that is? Is it, you think it's just a stationary posture? That, but according to the literature from what I've read as of lately and in my past, the people that are more prone to get neck pain at work is the people that are unsatisfied mm -hmm. at their jobs. Mm -hmm. So if they hate their job, if it's stressful, um, if they hate their boss, their coworkers, the odds of having neck pain will be higher than somebody working there that loves their job. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's what they, I hit, that means I hit the nail on the head with my post today. All right, cool. But yeah. what, yep. what I was, what I was saying is like, or what I was going to say, and I was thinking about is just like, think about being in like that state of flow, right? Where it's just like, everything is just engaging enough where like you, you're just in it, but it's not super hard where you're like, ah, fuck this. Right. And you like your coworkers, so on and so forth. You're not thinking about all the small minutia that might be discomforting you. Right. It's the same idea of like, you know, knee pain during like I'm a soccer player and I have some knee pain about five minutes into the game. I'm not thinking about my knee unless yeah. it's like catastrophic. Right. Um, and, and that's kind of like it shows you it's just like, is this like a true, you know, structural deficit or is this just my body fucking agitated? <laughs> to yeah, the hill? sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. So and also a, a key point that we got to talk about or mention is that not always prolonged postures cause pain because the role from two years ago before I injured my proximal hamstring tendon, I could be sitting for hours without any pain or discomfort right now, 20 minutes in, I got to move like it's bad. So there's people that don't need to change their postures just because mm -hmm. they don't feel pain. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that comes down to just, I, I like, I like the advice of like, Hey, if you experience this, try this, you know, cause it's the idea. Exactly. Yeah, the idea is just kind of just as coaches, as as clinicians, as well, chiropractors, we're here just to teach humans how to be human again, right? A lot of people, they don't know, you know, I, I guess when they get injured, they start to get into this catastrophic mode where like they don't really think logically. So you're there to metaphorically talk them off a ledge and then just give them strategies to let them live the life that they're already living if they like that life, right? A lot yep. of people are just like, Oh, you know, you're, you're injured. So you know what that means? We're going to put 10,000 steps on you. Then you're going to go to the gym. You're going to reinforce that hamstring. So it never happens again. And it's just like, it, this is a 40 year old mom that just doesn't want to hurt when they sit. Yeah. The more I work with clients and the more experience I get, the more I realize that our job as rehab professionals is just to number one, reassure patients that 
in the vast majority of cases, they're going to be fine when it comes to MSK issues. Mm-hmm. Obviously, clear reflex and everything. And after that, it's just helping them to find ways to navigate their injury and pain. Because, dude, like, I'm at the point where the the evidence is clear that not even exercises have amazing uh, evidence to back it up. Right. Right. I, I agree with that. That's kind of scary. <laughs> it Right. And it's like, you know, when you look at the lo- the long-term outcomes, it kind of just all becomes nil. Right. <laughs> and I just, I like the idea um, to circle back. It's the same thing with sports, right? I always like the idea of what the underlying morals and characteristics that you learn and develop through these activities. Could you sit in a bed? Yeah. Could you just take like an anti-inflammatory? Sure. But by doing this other stuff, maybe you don't get the pain results that are relief that you're looking for, but you became more disciplined. You now have a better body comp, you know? So like, that's the stuff that I'm looking for. I'm sure you are as well when, when prescribing exercise. Yeah. Like I prescribe exercises to help patients be ready for whatever tasks they want to get back to doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, that's it. Cause if it's for pain, dude, just be patient, wait a little bit and you're probably going to be pain free. <laughs> exactly. Like I was reading a paper a couple hours ago, um, lateral epicondylitis, tennis elbow, 90% of patients who do not get treatment spontaneously recover. Mm-hmm. You don't need ultrasound. You don't need laser. You don't need grass and you don't need exercise. You don't need anything. If you modify your activities and wait, mm-hmm. you're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I would say like the one thing that I was, so the remember the, the, the tendinopathy, tendinopathy that I was talking to you about the lateral epicondylitis or lightest or tendinopathy, what do you want to call it? Same. I, yeah. yeah. I did. So this was to the point where I think that he, it was self-created. He once got a boo-boo on his elbow and then he put that chill pat brace on there. Oh. And that, and now like, and I was like, how long have you been wearing this? He's like, I wear it every day for the last it's probably like, atrophy. Yeah, that's what it was like, because like I, I was to the point where I was just like, OK, let's just see what we're working out here. You know, like what's what's going on here? And like he would like I, we took the brace off and he was trying to just do simplistic uh, extensions, flexions and whatnot. Uh, it was bad. It was to the point where like you saw the, the range of motion deficit and like he was like flickering almost. So it was just like that's another thing that a lot of people need to realize when they're in this profession is to educate them adequately. So they don't go to the top shelf treatment. Like, you know, I think that's another reason why people go for, for surgery so quick. I can't stress this enough. Like failing to set up realistic expectations is the easiest way to fail rehab. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. Yeah. And that's with everything, right? Think about, uh, I mean, fat loss, right? That's the easiest one to talk about. Everyone's like, you know, I'm going to drop 40 pounds in like three weeks. All right, great. You're going to lose all that water. And then you're going to come back wondering why you look skinny, fat, and, and like almost like, uh, what's his name? Schmeagle from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Gollum. It, it, Gaul, yeah, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, it, it's to the point where you have to sell it in a way that it's realistic, but it's just not sexy. And that's what puts us against. It's like you either be sexy and non-ethical or you be ethical and just kind of like not really marketable, you know? Yeah. Sell drugs. <laughs> it's <laughs> it, you, you almost have to get the people that are almost on their last uh, they're on their last chance, right? They've already That's tried resort. everything. Exactly. And it's just like now that you've come to me after trying all these different things. This is what you should expect. It's almost like these kids and people have to hit their heads multiple times before they're like, okay, let me try the more reasonable approach here. Yep. <laughs> I have a, I have a person that has a, um, 
the spinal tens unit. I don't know the actual phrasing for it, but it was to the point where like I'm palpating him and I felt the box underneath his skin and he didn't tell me about it. And I just like, I was like, uh, what is that? <laughs> and it just, he now like, so he came in, he was in brace like, on a brace and, and just dosed out on opioids. Right. He's now doing three days, three hours a week, three separate days. Well, so an hour a day, three separate days a week and uh, Pilates. And he just kind of gets some like soft tissue done in between those days. He's no longer wearing a brace and he's no longer on opioids. And that's like a massive change. And it's just kind of like you are now trying the conservative route. But now when I see your bare back, it's almost like you've been in war war like two, you know, with yeah. all these scars and, and procedures, you know, why are you going to try this quote unquote easy way out when you can just try the conservative patient route and you don't have anybody opening you up? Dude, like I always bash on Kairos because it's my profession, but there's so many crappy surgeons. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got this herniation? You need surgery, dude. <laughs> what? You know, another thing I was thinking about is like, I and this is like this is me speaking from I do not know. Like, what, what? How do they? What standard do they get held to? In the sense of like. Did, what, let's say they, they they get the surgery. Does somebody come in and say like, okay, let's see how well you did? No idea, but their surgeons appeal to authority fallacy. Mm-hmm. They're at the top of the list, especially neurosurgeons. So yeah, I mean, fuck, I'm not gonna tell a neuros- neurosurgeon how to do anything. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> probably kick open the operating door. <laughs> kick open the operating door. I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh, this is no. how you should do it. Let's do McKenzie. <laughs> you know, uh, speaking of operating room, you seen that viral chiropractor that's doing the anesthesia stuff? He should lose his license. It, you know, it's that's a whole like PI thing. Like I, I was talking to somebody about it, and they're well aware of it. Long story short, they go under anesthesia and they get this uh, this chiropractic procedure done, and obviously it's the same thing of just getting like a regular adjustment, but you can bill like out the wazoo, and that's why they do it. Wow, that's why you profession don't hear keeps him getting worse and worse. It's it, it went, once again when a profession is dictated by a different entity that does not give a shit about the profession, like the profession, it's going to look like that. You know, that's why yeah. insurance companies is downgrading all healthcare. That's why PI is downgrading most chiropractors. You know, that want to buy into that realm of healthcare. It's just because at the end of the day, it's just a a profession's only going to flourish when there's enough people that give a shit about it, right? Yeah. And and it, and it comes down to like, are you staying up to date with the research? Are you using logical mindsets that's not just inundative or, or the stuff you've been inundated with, like for the last three plus years of going to school? I'm, I know my brain's going all over the place, but I just saw this meme the other day and it just blew my mind. Right. It was like basically it was like a candy cane that was straight. And then they had another candy cane that was like kind of bent like a regular candy cane. It's just like. Oh, make sure you go to the chiropractor to maintain that great posture. Did you see it? Did you read the caption? Did you read the funny caption, bro? The caption, long story short, is like, oh, most people have terrible posture at first and they have no pain. I was like, yeah, true. And then it says, and and this is the great part. Well, it's like the silent killer. So you got to make sure that when you're old, you don't have severe disc degeneration because of that bad posture. So it's just like, what? Like if this degeneration isn't part of the normal aging process, you know? That's what I'm saying, man. It's just like you like you were off to the right start saying that posture and pain aren't directly related. And then you just kind of double down on the shit that you almost like 
got rid of at the end of the sentence. And I'm like, you had me in the first half. You had me in the first half there. That's bad. Oh man. It's yeah. It, so the fact that, that most chiropractors get their regular clientele back in the door because they're scaring people into disdegeneration, which is a normal like aging process blows my mind and it scares me because it's just like, is this what I got my schooling in? You know, I, I, my profession is linked to a thing that we can't stop because it's a natural aging process that scares the shit out of me. Luckily enough, luckily enough, the, the profession is, or at least this profession is a little bit more versatile, meaning like, okay, you did all this anatomy. You're pretty well up to date with X, Y, Z. You can probably do this profession over here, you know? So at least I don't feel super pigeonholed, but man, I feel pigeonholed. <laughs> just just become a real estate guy, you know, buy a couple houses, rent them. I've been looking at it, man. I honestly like, you know, it, it looked like uh like a sweet gig, not in this market. <laughs> this oh, market's yeah. insane right now, man. The the houses that used to be like 100k, 100 150k, you're looking at they're pushing four right now. It's just like and dude, these these lots for example, there's a house down the street, right? It was going for like 120 or something like that. And it was it's at a 45 degree angle. The whole, like the, basically everything but the house itself is at a 45 degree angle. Imagine being in your front lawn trying to mow a lawn that's a 45 <laughs> degree fucking angle. It's like, how are you going to sell this for what you're selling it for? It's not even Dude, a practical lawn. And the house market in Tampa? Blowing up too, man. It's bad. And there's one thing you got to worry about in Tampa. Make sure if you ever if you ever go down the route of buying a house around there, you get yourself a good inspector because there's so many sinkholes over there, and yeah. like and like it's easy for somebody to kind of come in once over and be like, oh yeah, it's great. But like then you buy it, and then what say ten years down the line, Boom. you have a fucking sinkhole in your living room, man. That's what happened with Amy. Amy was gonna settle on a house. We were gonna like decide to go in a house because it was easier. Like long story short, do we pay rent? Or do we pay the same amount of rent but have a house at the end of it type thing? Um, and then at the end of it, we, the person came back and was like, you don't want this house. There's a sinkhole right there. <laughs> was it in Tampa or West Palm? Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. That's where like the person was like, educating us. Like, no, yeah. Sinkholes in Tampa are gotcha. a big thing. So, yeah. If anybody's in Tampa that listens to this and they're about to buy a house, just do a double check. Don't buy it. <laughs> Definitely not in this market. But, you know, I don't know if it's ever going to get better, you know? I think so next year, probably. I would like, I would like to, I'm optimistic and I would, I would double down on that. But, like, I don't know. But I read a, a, a paper um professional people from the economy world think inflation is here to stay for a couple more years. Like, high. Uh-huh. High. And that's what scares the shit out of me. Like, do I do I put everything away, like the into like inflation safe stuff, and wait, like Bonds. weather the storm, yeah, <laughs> something, right? Because it's just kind of like, well, I guess that, or you know, you just the the next most inflation safe thing you can do is if you're a student like us, you just pay off that debt, you know, you just keep paying the debt off. At least you know, whatever it's worth, it's worth, you know, hit it there, hit it there. Yeah. So I mean, we kind of deviated from the posture topic, but. I guess this would be a good time to recap for anybody that actually <laughs> stuck around for our ramblings, right? So, does posture uh, matter when it comes to pain rubble? Matters just a little bit, not as much as we thought. It can be a contributing factor. It's never, never the whole pain formula. Yes. That's it. Yep. 
And if you are a office worker who's dealing with these aches and pains, what are some things that they should do, Raul? Look at our Instagram post from yesterday. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep everything, you know, keep everything copacetic. Don't let the job run your life, right? Because stress and dissatisfaction is going there to be... Yeah, dude, I'm struggling right now. Is going to be one of the biggest uh, indicators for your aches and pains that are probably not actual injuries. It's just your body yelling at you for not taking care of it. Mic drop. 